Father, I pray tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus that you would speak to us by the power of your word and that you would give us revelation. God, what we value more than anything else is revelation. We value the revelation of Jesus Christ and the various ways in which you reveal yourself to us. God, we value revelation more than understanding because we can understand things and yet not have a revelation of it. We value revelation more than, un- more than profundity because there's things that sound profound and sound wise, but they're wise with worldly wisdom. And it's not yet the revelation of Jesus Christ. But Father, when revelation happens, you open our ears and open our eyes and cause us to see more than a truth about you. But you cause us to see who you are in a truth. And so, Father, tonight I pray for revelation, that the power of revelation, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. I pray, God, for revelation to take place in each and every heart, in each and every mind. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you on the subject, lift and thrust. Lift and thrust. I want to talk to you about the two necessary factors that will enable you to fly. The ability to fly depends upon two factors, lift and and thrust. Now in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 30 and 31 the prophet cries out by the word of the Lord that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. How many of you have been waiting upon the Lord for something for a while? I mean you've been waiting on the Lord. Now I know we've said for a long time You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. And yes, that is true to a certain degree. But there's other places where you're waiting on God. There's a degree to which you're ready, but God's not ready. And there's a degree to which God's ready, but you're not ready. Now, I'm not talking to you about that tonight. I'm talking to you about the areas in which you're ready, but God's not ready. God said that if you wait for me, the day will come when you will renew your strength. He's speaking to people who are weary. He's speaking to people who have tried and tried and tried and come up short. He's speaking to people who feel like they've beaten against the same wall again and again and again and can't seem to break through it. He's speaking to people who are frustrated and feel hopeless, who feel like they've sown much but reaped little. He's speaking to to people who feel like they have not eaten the reward of their labor. They have not eaten the fruit of their labor, but they have labored much and reaped very little. And he says, those who wait upon the Lord, those who continue to wait upon the Lord, even in the face of insurmountable obstacles, even when it seems like there's nothing left to wait for, even when it seems like your waiting is in vain and it's hopeless, those who continue to wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Even though it seems that their strength is coming to an end, their strength will be renewed. Even though it seems, you ever come to the place where you say, I've come to the end of my rope and I just can't hold on to it anymore. God knows. And, and you know what tends to happen when we come to that place is we extrapolate forward. We go, 
I can only hold on for about another five minutes, but I got about another 50 years of this ahead of me. You ever felt that way? They shall renew their strength. And what will they do? They will mount up with wings as eagles. Do you know what it takes for an eagle to fly? It takes two factors. It takes lift and it takes thrust. It takes lift and it takes thrust. If you're going to fly, you need both lift and thrust. And you need both. Lift is what takes you up. And thrust is what takes you forward. Can you imagine if you had lift but no thrust? You just go straight up. You imagine getting an airplane and the airplane just goes straight up. After a while, the pilot says, we have reached our altitude of 10,000 feet. And you're up there for about 10 hours. And then they land the plane and you're in the same place you were when you left. But if there's thrust but no lift, you just got a fast car. Can you imagine getting in an airplane and it just goes down a runway and then across a field and onto a highway? It just keeps going. It never lifts. Pretty soon it's destroying stuff because it's going too fast and it's too big. Without thrust, without lift, it doesn't rise. Without thrust, it doesn't move forward. And God wants to give you lift and thrust. Now, the thing we need to understand is that there are two factors that work against lift and thrust. How many of you know that God is trying to lift us and thrust us? But there are two factors that work against lift and thrust, and they are weight and drag. Weight and drag. Weight pulls you down. Drag holds you back. Lift lifts you up, and thrust moves you forward. Until your lift is greater than your weight, you're not going anywhere. And until your thrust is greater than your drag, you're not going anywhere. You can lift with all of your might. Do you know that if you were to put a barbell here on the floor and put a thousand pounds on it, I believe everybody in this room, except maybe Seawatts, would lift as hard as we could and not even move that thing. Now, the difference between... My daughter Alethea trying to lift that and me trying to lift that is enormous in terms of the amount of strength exerted. The amount of strength she's exerting is, is minuscule compared to the amount of strength I'm exerting. But in the sense of its effect, there's no difference between her trying to lift it and me trying to lift it. Why? Because as hard as I would pull on that weight, I couldn't lift a thousand pounds off the floor. That is, I don't have enough lift to overcome that amount of weight. And it, I might look at my daughter Lathia and say, I don't have any more strength than she does. Why? Because I tried to lift it and she tried to lift it and neither of us were successful. But there's actually a vast amount of difference. There's a tremendous difference between her and I. The thing is, if you're trying to lift something that's too heavy for you and then comparing yourself to someone else who's also trying to lift something that's too heavy for them, you might think, man, I thought I was a lot farther along than that. But your lift has to exceed your weight or else you're not going anywhere. And your thrust has to exceed your drag or else you're not going anywhere. Now, the book of Hebrews chapter 12, the author of Hebrews tells us that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses and therefore we should lay aside every weight 
and the sin which so easily besets us, and we should run with endurance the race that is set before us. God wants to lift you, but in order for him to lift you, you got to lay aside every weight. Now, all of us have weights in our lives, things that hold us down, things that weigh heavy on us, things that keep us from rising up into the place that God wants us to be. And we could talk about what those weights are. I think if everybody in here took out a piece of paper, you could write down, what are your weights? You could probably fill several pages full of weights, things that weigh you down. And typically, your weights include your bad habits. Can I get a witness? See, in the realm of eating, (laughs) it's it's obvious because your bad habit creates your weight. Never mind. Shata. Your bad habits, your unfortunate circumstances... Things that you had nothing to do with but simply happened to you. You can be weighed down by forces that are beyond your control. Circumstances that are beyond your control. And your emotional responses to, the, to, to both your bad habits and your unfortunate circumstances. Those are your weights. Your weights are your bad habits plus your unfortunate circumstances plus your emotional responses, your negative emotional responses to your bad habits and your unfortunate circumstances. And the last one is what gives power to the first two. Because your, your negative emotional responses are the way by which you allow your bad habits and unfortunate circumstances to weigh you down. Meaning God can lift you up despite what you do and despite what has done to you If you would simply make the decision not to allow those things to weigh you down. But typically we're weighed down because of what we believe based upon what we've done and what's been done to us. We get weighed down by a belief system. A belief system that says... Why is it that I'm not going anywhere? Why is it that I can't rise up above these things? Why did God put me in this place? How come God didn't give me what he gave so-and-so over there? How come I can't seem to escape this trap? How come I'm stuck in this place? And pretty soon we're weighed down in our thinking. But the author of Hebrews said to lay aside every weight. Now for years I looked at this passage in Hebrews and I understood the weights in Hebrews 12 differently than I do now. I used to see weights as things that are not necessarily a sin, but they still kind of weigh you back. Like, uh, um, you know, um, watching TV. You know, you're not necessarily watching anything bad, hopefully, you know. But it can still weigh you down if you watch too much of it, right? I mean, you might be watching the news, But if you watch the news for about six hours, you'd be ready to throw yourself off a bridge somewhere. (laughs) Right? You know, I mean, it's all bad news nowadays. There's no good news. Good news doesn't sell. It doesn't get ratings. The worse the news is, the better the ratings. And so, you know, that becomes a weight. But I think it's more than that. Your weights have to do with the things that you do that weigh you down. The negative circumstances that happen to you 
that weigh you down and your negative emotional responses to those things. And so what do you do with the weight? You lay it aside. Paul said, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Lay it aside. Make a decision that this thing is not going to weigh me down anymore. Make a decision that you're going to rise above it. Make a decision that you're not going to live beneath this thing, but that you're going to put this thing under your feet. Make a decision that this thing is not going to look you eye to eye anymore. You know, I I was watching this show, um, um, Breakout Kings. You ever watch that? You never heard of it. I've watched like a couple episodes maybe a year or so ago. But there's one episode that this guy's in prison and uh, one guy tried to threaten his friend. And he said, if you know, if you don't do such and such by this time, I'm going to kill you. And when his friend heard about it, he walked up to the guy and he looked at him and he said, how you doing, Bob? He said, I'm doing good, Sam. And he said, yeah, Bob Logan, 3225 Logan Street. Oakland, California, 94603. And the guy looked at him and jumped up. He goes, yeah, that's where your wife and kids live, isn't it, Bob? And, and, and Bob looked at him and he got all afraid. He goes, yeah, that's right. My friend's debt is paid. It's done. He goes, okay, okay. And he goes, and this is the last time you look me in the eye in this place. And Bob looked down. And he walked away. Yeah. I was like, dang, I've never seen somebody get punked like that. You got to learn how to tell the devil that he does not have the right to look you in the eye anymore. See, many of us are disputing with the devil, but we're disputing with him face to face, eye to eye. He's arguing with you and you're arguing back. And you need to rise above that thing and don't let it look you in the eye anymore. It doesn't have the right to look you in the eye. You're bigger than that thing. It's not on your level. You hearing me? It's not on your level. It doesn't have the right to weigh you down because you live at a place above it. But when it becomes a weight, the enemy takes that which which rightfully belongs under your feet and he puts it over your head. And so God wants to lift you. God wants to lift you. May I say to you that you are responsible for your own lift? Meaning... You are responsible to determine what it is that God does to lift you and then go get it. If you are simply waiting around for God to lift you out of a pit, just sitting in a pit, one day God's going to lift me out of this, in there like Job, scraping your boils, thinking that God's going to lift you out of it. Who told you to sit in a pit of ashes? Listen, God is constantly lifting you and the enemy is constantly trying to weigh you down. But you have to determine who you agree with. Who you're going to cooperate with. So often the enemy comes with weights and we just bend our necks and say, go ahead, go ahead. I know I deserve that. Add a little depression to that. I know, I know. Go ahead, go ahead. We just bend our necks down and say, there you go, devil. Joel Osteen said, in order to look the devil in the eye, you've got to be laying on the floor because he's under your feet. He said, if you want to send a message to the devil, write it under the bottom of your shoes because he's under your feet. But the question is, do you live like he's under your feet or do you live like he's all up in your face? 
And so you've got to determine what it is that lifts you and then go get it. In what context do you feel lifted? In what atmosphere do you feel like you're lifted up? One of the greatest problems in the body of Christ, the reason believers are weighted down is not because the devil's so strong, but because those same believers won't lift a finger to get themselves in an atmosphere where their spirits can be lifted. Say, why didn't you come to church? Because I was so weighted down. Yeah, but the house of God is where you would get lifted up. Say, I, I feel so weighted down. I feel like staying right in the place where I can stay weighted down. I don't want to get in the place where I can be lifted up. Because then I can't feel sorry for myself about being weighted down. And I can't be mad at anybody for not calling me. And then thrust. God wants to move you forward. Thrust is the power by which God moves you forward. And drag is the power by which the enemy tries to bring you backward. The enemy is trying to take you backward. God is trying to move you forward. And so the the power of drag typically comes from negative influences in your life. People who are holding you back when you're trying to move forward. People who become an entanglement in your life and stop you from your forward progress. People who fill fill your mind with nonsense and confuse the very truth that God is filling your mind with. People who convince you otherwise when you've made a good decision. When you've made a good decision that will take you forward, There's always somebody there to tell you, you can't do that. You're not good enough for that. There's always somebody to tell you, well, how are you going to pay for that? There's always somebody there to tell you, well, that's, no, that's ridiculous. You're not gifted enough for that. Drag is that power by which the enemy comes to say, yes, God can take you higher. Maybe I can't stop you from moving higher, but I'm going to make for darn sure that you ain't moving forward. And what we find in the body of Christ, especially in Pentecostal charismatic churches where we believe in the move of the Holy Spirit, is that there's a lot of people going higher, but ain't nobody going forward. I mean, you can come to church and roll on the floor and and scream and speak in tongues and cry, but go home and don't have any power to move past that that back-breaking debt. You can't get past that, that problem on your job. You can't get past that next promotion. You can't get past that voice on the inside of you that says, don't even think about going back to school because you've gone as far in life as you possibly can go. And God doesn't just want to take us higher. He wants to move us forward. One of the worst things is this idea that's so rampant in the body of Christ that God wants us to be righteous and poor. Righteous failures. That's what God wants for us. And, the, and, the, and that is absolutely incorrect. That is a lie. But matter of fact, the, the, the Bible is very clear that those who trust in the Lord possess a greater power for moving forward in life than do the wicked. And so God wants to move you forward in life, not just take you higher. 
He doesn't just want you to live in this realm in the, in the, strat, in the spiritual stratosphere where you're intoxicated by manifestations of the Spirit, but you can't pay a bill. He wants to move you forward, and He wants you at the same time that you are reaching for greater manifestations of the kingdom of God in the spirit realm to reach for a, a place of greater influence in the natural. Why? Because when he puts you in that place of greater influence, he puts you in the place where you can release what he's given you in the kingdom realm. That's the place where you bring the kingdom and manifest it in the earth. Now, don't get me wrong. Your level of righteousness has nothing to do with your level of success in life. This is not about where if you really had faith, you drive a Rolls Royce because then nobody, I, I wouldn't have no faith. I drive a Honda. Who stole my Honda? But the point I'm making is that God wants to thrust you forward. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 57, 14 says, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people, says the Lord. Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people, says the Lord. God is constantly trying to remove obstacles out of our path, things that would stand in our way to trip us up. These are the, the power of drag that the enemy comes to bring into your life to keep you stuck in the same rut to keep you in the same place, running the rat race for the rest of your life, stuck in that place. And let me tell you something. The problem is when you feel like you've been stuck in the same place for years, it begins to feel like there's no way I'm getting out of this rut. There's no, I've been trying to get out of this rut. I've been clawing and clawing and clawing. Let me tell you something. I don't care how many years it's been since you started trying to claw your way out of that rut. You keep clawing, you keep scratching, you keep kicking, and you keep stream, screaming. Don't you dare accept it and say, this is where I am, and this is where I'm going to be. This is the will of the Lord. Don't you dare call it a thorn in your flesh. Because how many know you and I don't need a thorn in our flesh? Paul said he got a thorn in his flesh because of the greatness of his revelations. And then he described those revelations. Said he was caught up in the third heaven and heard unspeakable words. He said, I can't even tell you what I, what I saw and what I heard because there's no human language to even describe the level of revelation that I walked in. Paul said that they took handkerchiefs and aprons off his body and laid them on sick and demonized people and they were completely well. Right? So Paul, he had this great level of persecution coupled with a high level of revelation. He wrote 13 letters of the New Testament. He needed a thorn in his flesh, he said, to keep him from getting you know, overly prideful about his spiritual state. Let me tell you something. If you need a thorn in your flesh to keep you from getting prideful, when you, you don't have two prophecies to rub together... Something is wrong. You and I don't need a thorn in our flesh. You know what we need to do? We need to get over it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, get over it. Get over it. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in the mud and just decide to stay there. Push through it. Paul said, I forget those things which are behind and I reach for those things which are ahead and I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I'm reaching for what is forward. Let me ask you something. Are you reaching for what is forward? Can you see what is ahead of you and are you reaching for it or have you simply made the decision that you're going to be satisfied with the status quo? Lift and thrust. God wants to take you to a higher place. He wants to take you higher and further. But in order to take you higher and further, 
You need lift and thrust. And so what I want you to do is take time tonight to write down on a piece of paper, what are the weights that are holding me down? And what is the drag that is holding me back? Define it and then ask yourself, where is the lift that takes me up? And where's the thrust that takes me forward? And make sure that the power of lift is greater than the power of, 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 of the weight. And make sure that the, the thrust is greater than the drag. If you're not moving forward, it's because you need more lift. And so you need to know where to get it. If you're not moving forward, you need more thrust. And so you need to know where to get it. You're responsible to get it. It's available to you. That's the word of the Lord tonight is it's available to you. And don't just pray for it. Go get it. Go get it. You got to know that you're sons and daughters of God. You know, when my daughter wants something, she just goes and gets it. You know, she's three and a half years old. A gallon of milk weighs more than she does. But if she wants milk, I have to stop her from opening the fridge and climbing up the shelves. I looked over there the other day. I said, oh, Lord, half the shelves were about to fall out because she was going to have that gallon of milk. She said, Daddy, I asked you for it once, and you didn't immediately respond. So I took that as a sign that I should take it myself. She's not going to sit there and starve to death. I live in this house. If Daddy won't feed me, I'll go in the kitchen. I'll find something, and I'll eat it. And so you got to make a decision. I'm going to get what I need. What are the things that lift you? You know, sometimes I find myself feeling a little bit discouraged. And sometimes when I'm feeling a little discouraged, I like to ask myself, what do you need right now? Benjamin, what do you need right now? If I don't figure out what I need right now, I'm just going to linger in this place. And I can't afford to linger in this place. I ain't got no time for that. What do you need right now? Sometimes I think, I need some affirming words. You know, once I've discovered that I need some affirming words, now I'm responsible to go get some. And so if my wife's home, sometimes I go to my wife and say, baby, give me some affirming words right now. She said, but I don't have any. Well, you better get some. Pray right now and ask the Lord to give you some. Or if she's too tired or not home, you know what I do? I have a stack. I have a drawer full of thank you cards that people gave me. Appreciation letters that people wrote me. Emails that people sent me. Facebook messages that people sent me. Sometimes I'll sit for an hour and just read those again. Just sit and read it. Pastor Benjamin, I just wanted to tell you what you've meant to my life. When you preach this message, oh, praise God, I forgot all about that message. I should listen to it right now. It would encourage me. And I'll read through that until I get all the affirming words I need. And when I filled up on affirming words, I go, "Woo! I feel good. I feel good. Sometimes I think I need to hear a powerful word from the Lord right now. You know what I do? I go into my podcast, that podcast app on my iPhone, and I start looking through my favorite preachers. And I'll put one on and just play it. If you come to my house in the morning, you'll hear me blasting a preacher in my bedroom. Yes, I have my time with God. I pray. I read the word. I study. I meditate. But if that doesn't do the trick, sometimes I need something to give me a little push to push me over the top, to get me over the hump, to get me into that place where I can begin to feel the presence of God again, where I can begin to hear the word of the Lord again. Sometimes I need something or somebody else to speak into my life, to take that weight off of me. And suddenly the preacher will say something and all of a sudden I'll just feel a weight drop off of me. I'll feel some drag drop off of me. 
I keep going until I get what I need. I keep reaching. Maybe I need to read a good book. I'll pull out a book. Maybe I need to call my pastor. I'll call my pastor. Maybe I need to go just spend some time with my wife. I'll go spend some time with my wife. Maybe I just need to go hang out with my baby. I'll go hang out with my baby. But whatever I need, I am responsible to go get it. Let me tell you something. You are responsible for your own progress. It doesn't mean that you are powerful enough to effectuate your own progress, but you are able to be responsible to figure out what you need to move forward and higher and where you can go get it from. And you're responsible to reach for it and to take it, to make a decision. I'm not staying in this place because if I stop reaching, I'm going to lay down and just keep blaming. Let me tell you why I'm not moving forward in life. Because so-and-so should have encouraged me, but instead she judged me. And somebody else who should have been lifting me up wasn't there to support me when I needed them. And somebody else said something about me on Facebook, and, and that just ruined my life. So I think I'll lay here in this pit for about 25 years and cry about what people did to me or what they didn't do for me. Let me tell you something. Get over all of that stuff. Make a decision. I'm not staying in this pit. I'm going to go higher and I'm going to go forward, lift and thrust, lift and thrust. You got to know what lifts you, what lifts your spirits, what makes you feel better when you're down, what makes you feel encouraged when you're discouraged, what makes you feel hopeful when you feel hopeless, what, 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 what does that for you? What lifts you and then thrust, what motivates you when you feel unmotivated, what gives you the right kind of kick in the butt when you're procrastinating? What gives you the right kind of belief and confidence when you feel like I just can't do it and I, I just know I can't do it. I'm stuck. What breaks you out of that? You got to know what it is that breaks you out of that. You got to know what you need and you got to know how to go get it. Make a decision today. I'm not staying where I am. I'm going to find out what I need and I'm going to go get it. Let's pray. Father, I speak your blessing over this house tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that in this season you're moving us forward. You're not going to leave us at the same place we're at anymore. You're coming to lift us out of our ruts. God, so many in this room have been in the same rut. Maybe it's a marital rut. And I know... You feel like you've heard the same sermon again and again and again. All we do is repackage it in a different form. And it didn't work last time. And it's probably not going to work this time. No, it worked last time. Just at a certain point, you quit believing it. I'm just reminding you to rise up and begin to believe it again. There's promises from God that you've let fall to the earth. And God is saying, pick them up again. Promises from God that you've let fall to the earth. And God's saying, pick it up again. Pick it up again and begin to cultivate faith for that promise. Things that I've spoken over your life in the past and past days, promises I gave you, times and seasons in which I set your life on a course, don't let that fall to the ground. Pick it up again. Begin to believe. Nothing can stop you from fulfilling your destiny in God. Nothing can stop you from moving forward when God is moving you forward. Nothing can keep you in a pit when God is lifting you up. But you've got to let go of those weights. You gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. You gotta make a decision. I'm coming out of it. 
I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out of it. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. He makes all things new. He said the old order of things has passed away. All things have become new. The things that held you back in past seasons, they can't hold you back now. That season is over. The stuff that bogged you down, it's over. It's over. Your winter has passed and the rain is over and gone. He says, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For behold, your winter is past and the rain is over and gone and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in the land. Rise up. It's time to rise up. Come on right now. Just allow your heart and your soul and your spirit to begin to arise in that place. I know you've hoped for so long and it seems like your hope is null and void. I know you've believed for so long and it feels like your faith is null and void. But I rebuke that lie of the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus. I don't care how long it's been. I say that though it lingers, wait for it. It will surely come. The day draws nigh in the fulfillment of every vision. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will surely come. It will surely come. Hope in the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Be of good cheer. And he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Father, I just speak your blessing over this body tonight in the name of Jesus. That all those under the sound of my voice would receive strength through the word of the Lord. And that you would bring a revelation of these things. It's a revelation of these things that opens our eyes, that opens our hearts, that opens our minds, that teaches us how to live in them. It's a revelation of these things that causes us to grasp how to step into that place. I pray in the name of Jesus that you do it right now. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that I just sense by the power of the Holy Spirit that this word is settling in on each heart. It's settling in on each mind. The disillusionment, it's gone. The discouragement, it's gone. Every weight, every weight lifted. Every burden lifted. Every yoke destroyed. In Jesus' name.